Catholic Inquisition and, Modernity. From Isabel et Ferdinand, Wakata Leak de España slash Isabel and Ferdinand, Catholic Kings of Spain by Joseph Perez. Is the Inquisition a medieval relic, an anachronism or, on the contrary, one of the first manifestations of modernity in Europe? For me, the response is without doubt, the Inquisition prefigures the modern state in this most terrible of ways, the tendency toward totalitarianism. And to say that the populace thinks that democracy and modernity will save them. LOL. The future will be fun. And it will be joyful to see the next programs that are being prepared now. The masses will remain the masses. Stupid and not understanding anything. The Inquisition is charged with defending the Catholic faith, with rooting out heterodox deviations. Since 1480, there has been this formidable machine of war against heresy, the Inquisition, but precisely, if it was necessary to set up this repressive apparatus and to use constraint to preserve the Catholic faith from any heterodoxic deviation. From any heterodoxic deviation. That is why it's useless to fight against the dogma of the pro-vaccination. Everything what you would say, will be systematically cut. From Critical Theories of Globalization, an introduction by C. Elojali and P. Hayden. In regard to morality and politics, Nietzsche argued that Judeo-Christian morality was life-denying, promoted the values of humility, self-denial, meekness, and submission to authority. By extension, modern egalitarianism and democracy exhibited the same, as Christian slave morality, by promoting, the equal worth and equal rights of the common man in conformity to majority opinion. Towards majority opinion. This is why Judeo-Christian ethics always lead to collectivism. Democratic systems are totalitarian. In any democratic system the voice of the majority is the only one that is allowed. All personal aspiration and dissonance must be suppressed. There is no individual freedom in a democratic system. The fable that has been sold for democracy, is that caste society broke the individuals. Let's go back to the text Isabel at Ferdinand, Wakata Leak de España slash Isabel and Ferdinand, Catholic Kings of Spain by Joseph Perez. But here we are dealing with an organized, systematic, bureaucratized intolerance, civil servants are specially charged with collecting denunciations, investigating, making files, compiling dossiers. This form of institutional intolerance, even if it is less bloody than the other, is infinitely more redoubtable because it poses a permanent threat to the population. It is the first form of totalitarianism in modern times. I say, modern times. Is the Inquisition a medieval relic, an anachronism or, on the contrary, one of the first manifestations of modernity in Europe? For me, the response is without doubt, the Inquisition prefigures the modern state in this most terrible of ways, the tendency toward totalitarianism. Inquisition is modern, in fact, from yet another point of view, perhaps more important than the previous one, it is, in Spain, for the entire duration of the old regime, the only court that has the right to prosecute everyone, without distinction of privilege, throughout the territory. The Inquisition establishes the equality of all before its law, it knows no privileged people, it is even much more severe towards the powerful than towards the little people who do not risk much, the poor devils, those who have not studied, who do not read, who do not write, who do not travel abroad, who do not meddle with ideas, all of these are not a threat against orthodoxy. On the contrary, they willingly become volunteering auxiliaries of the inquirers by denouncing comments and attitudes that they consider unconformist. The Inquisition was based on the egalitarian tendencies of the Spanish people. This is what Menendez Pelayo called in the last century the monastic democracy, Democracia Freluna, the Inquisition, he wrote, is a form of tyranny, if you like, but it was a popular tyranny, 
Tyrrhenia popular, a robust universal suffrage, a democratic justice that leveled everything, from the king to the plebeian, from the archbishop to the tycoon. The Inquisition is thus an institution that goes in the direction of modernity, it announces totalitarianism. It is a matter, for Spain, of building an ideologically homogeneous nation. Homogeneous, funny, in relation to what this homogeneity? What is the standard that is used to establish this homogeneity? So there is confusion of the political and the religious. Whose fault is it? Who wanted to convert the whole world with his Christianism? Where is, this totalitarian project, which says you have to be converted? I still find it funny that this Judeo-Christian religion complains hundreds of years after its creation, about its own desire to convert the whole earth and understands now the social ramifications. As if they were trying to absolve themselves of their project which has caused so much harm. Christianism will be judged one day, and when that verdict will comes from the civil society, it will not be good to be a Christian anymore, let that be said. From the New Inquisitions, Heretic Hunting and the Intellectual Origins of Modern Totalitarianism by Arthur Versluis. The emergence of modernity ultimately meant the depoliticization of the world, the absence of enemies, of heretics, of those against whom others can define themselves, none other than the cultural vacuum represented by technological consumerist modern society. C. Catholic Inquisitions provided an archetypal predecessor for one of the fundamentally new political developments of modernity, totalitarianism. Although the last great page of modernity was turned by the Jewish religion and its salesmen in the West, Christianism, modernity is thousands of years old. Little by little, the erosion of tradition has taken place. The cinematographer Jacques Tati had seen in the middle of the last century, this Western society advancing even more towards what is now called the Westernization of the world. If you watch his film My Uncle, one of his two poetic films with Monsieur Hulot's Holiday, you clearly see this modernization in action. That of the lives of daily uses, everything becomes mechanical, robotic, cold. The other films of Jacques Tati, are more to watch to see the mastery that he had, a true genius, one of the greatest of the 20th century. I leave the following video examples, one after the other, because this march towards modernity cannot be stopped. If you look at his film Playtime shot eight years after my uncle, you see that urbanism has been totally transformed towards this trend. And Jacques Tati shows you to what extent life has been desacralized. It is therefore a colder film. Modernity is really characterized by this absence of meaning. Doing things, but the things are the end, it is therefore the opposite of the sacred. It is strange, and we have seen it underlined with the vaccination rates of COVID, that the whole world or almost the whole world, excluding for the moment Africa, is no longer interested in having a meaning to their lives. Which brings us back to the wandering Jew. For the more astute, they have understood that this world is not to be saved. You don't save a dead world. Besides, if you reach a point of initiation you don't care about the drift of others. On the contrary, it feeds you. You see them destroy themselves, and you are fed, for the spirit is stronger than the mind. The elitism of initiation has been in effect in the world for a long time. And it's not about to change soon. I leave again the text on the Jew-Christian and the hatred of paganism.
queers homos and modernity, exasperation of Judeo-Christian ethics. Paganism is the true science. Jews have problem thriving in a natural world. There is a statistic I like to repeat, the Jewish problem 0.2% world population slash 20% of the Nobel Prizes. When you understand this statistic, you understand the world problem. No one is safe until everyone is safe, you can read all over the place among the COVID vaccination promoters. This is the Judeo-Christian ethic of control over nature, originally driven by the Jewish religion. The control of nature is of course an illusion. For God's sake, brothers, get vaccinated. Brothers? Are we all brothers? By virtue of what? This Judeo-Christian ethic is unbearable. No, we are not brothers. Brotherhood has never existed within humanity, this collectivist concept is to be vomited. The human being is unique in his essence. If one day you awaken, you will find yourself on the other side of the mind contemplating the mind, and you will understand that duality is an illusion. But unity does not mean collectivism, it's the opposite. This collectivist insanity has given us all the socialisms and even their application. Communism. No we are not brothers. From Swami Abhayananda. In the following great exposition attributed to the Gnostic, Simon Magus of Samaria, who was a contemporary of the Christian Apostle, Peter, this mystically perceived duality and unity is magnificently explained. There are two aspects of the One. The first of these is the Higher, the Divine Mind of the Universe, which governs all things, and is masculine. The other is the Lower, the Thought, Epinoia, which produces all things, and is feminine. As a pair united, they comprise all that exists. The Divine Mind is the Father who sustains all things and nourishes all that begins and ends. He is the One who eternally stands, without beginning or end. He exists entirely alone, for, while the thought arising from unity, and coming forth from the Divine Mind, creates, the appearance of, duality, the Father remains a unity. The thought is in Himself, and so He is alone. Made manifest to Himself from Himself, He appears to be too. He becomes Father by virtue of being called so by His own thought. Since He, Himself, brought forward Himself, by means of Himself, manifesting to Himself His own thought, it is not correct to attribute creation to the thought alone. For she, the thought, conceals the Father within herself, the divine mind and the thought are intertwined. Thus, though, they appear, to be a pair, one opposite the other, the divine mind is in no way different from the thought, inasmuch as they are one. Though there appears to be a higher, the mind, and a lower, the thought, truly, it is a unity, just as what is manifested from these two, that is, the universe, is a unit. Why? while appearing to be a duality. The divine mind and the thought are discernible, one from the other, but they are one, though they appear to be two. It has been said for hundreds of years, the Christian and the Judeo-Christian ethic is the lowest in terms of intelligence. And this is confirmed with the COVID, and these Western hicks who try to stop nature. The Westerner is the ultimate in depravity, you can't get any lower. That the Westerner has adhered to this Jewish ethic is another thing, which shows how little viability this people of the West had. No viable people would have adhered to the Jewish ethic if they were not already destroyed internally. The fact that they have not been able to create elites since that time is another proof. From a courtship after marriage, sexuality and love in Mexican transnational families by Jennifer Hirsch. Habermas, describes as the project of modernity. The scientific domination of nature promised freedom from scarcity, want, and the arbitrariness of natural calamity. The development of rational forms of social organization and rational modes of thought promised liberation from the irrationalities of myth, religion, 
superstition, released from the arbitrary use of power as well as from the dark side of our own human natures. Only through such a project could the universal, eternal, and the immutable qualities of all humanity be revealed. Enlightenment thought, embraced the idea of progress, and actively sought that break with history and tradition which modernity espouses. It was, above all, a secular movement that sought the demystification and desacralization of knowledge and social organization in order to liberate human beings from their chains. If you have a ruling class, which deals with knowledge and social organization, why change this? Unless you want to become the ruler instead of the ruler, which is the true project of modernity, of democracy, the power to the many, nihilism, through the abandonment of the social project aka the Jewish ethics. But can the general public understand how the PCR test works, why it is unsuitable for testing diseases? Can the people understand that a virus can't be stopped, because humans are mobile beings? Is the majority of the people able to understand that this mask that they wear is useless? That vaccines will be useless to stop this virus, because human nature as nature is organic and not robotic. You cannot anticipate slash organize nature. It is the old dream of the Jew and his hatred of the pagan, taken up by that idiot Christian in the West. No, against all this, the Christian ethic of monotheism rebels, against nature, against life. Everything must be controlled, and all the time. Nietzsche was right. Christianity is a revolt of all creatures that creep on the ground, against everything that is lofty, the gospel of the lowly lowers. It happened in history, a revolt of the people against the true elite, and who decided to take in hand their destiny. Except that this project destroys everything that is alive, and behind, it is the goal, to destroy life. Who in his right mind would have stopped life for months in order to stop nature? The old hatred of the Jew, then of the Christian for everything that is alive, everything that is incarnated, and instead to prefer the intellect. This people are unable to orient themselves. Further on, this people have no internal connection, no connection with nature, no connection with animals. They see themselves as superior to other animals, to nature. They wander, the wandering Jew, in the West it is the Christian. Deep connection which would allow them to have deep thoughts, but only have the intellect to rely on. It is this established order, of the tradition, that the modernity attacked by the Christianism has tried to erase, until the current total implosion of the Western civilization. Nothing will remain of this continent. Nothing. Of this Western civilization. Which asks for death. This is what the Jew demands, but the Westerner has accepted his thought. He is as much a Jew as the Jew. And as this continent does not want to return to the tradition, and to admit its error, it will prefer to commit suicide rather than to survive. The Western continent is now to flee for the enterprising young generations of the West. They have to go somewhere else, where life can take. The monotheistic virus has come to the West. It is now necessary that the bravest leave this continent, and continue to spread the tradition in its Western form, which existed before it was ravaged by monotheism. This unbearable Judeo-Christian ethic. From a free thinker's primer of male love by John Lauritsen. In classical antiquity, sex between males was just that, sex between males. Then, with the intrusion of Judeo-Christian morality, it became an abomination and a sin. With the desacralization of the penal code it became a crime, sodomy, buggery, unnatural lewdness, indecency, etc. Under the medical and minority models it became a sickness and then a form of deviance, which is precisely what is implied by the word queer. The gay movement has lost its bearings, mired down in identity politics masochistically committed to the cult of victimhood, and futilely striving for a simulacrum of respectability, for example gay marriages. 
queers and all those who claim to be different have been ostracized by the Judeo-Christian thought, in antiquity they didn't care about those differences. I'm not sure that this public now struggling not to be ostracized underst and that this puritanical Judeo-Christian thought is precisely that which ostracizes them. Or that they want to understand, far too coiled up in their masochistic cult of victim. The cult of the victim is precisely dictated by the Judeo-Christian ethic. As soon as you want to create a perfect society, you are obliged to destroy the organic society. And it is from this horror of the organic model, of biology, of life, that the monotheist has. This hatred of the living, this hatred of nature. Nature that they seek to destroy by the ecologist movement applying global solutions. This Jew, this Christian cannot stand being at the mercy of the elements. Hence the need to break away with antiquity. The need to break away with hierarchy with power, and the class model. And yet, to take the example of homosexuals, they can only be strong if they respect their class of homosexuals. They lose all their power, the moment they want equality for all. The moment they want to be equal to heterosexuals. Obviously there will always be heterosexuals, so this feeling of rejection towards homosexuals will always be there. Monotheism seeks to resolve all conflicts, to pacify all time. Look at the Jews, they are obsessed by this, and do not understand that like the homosexuals, they do the opposite of what they should do. Hence the reason for their systematic expulsion from almost everywhere historically, because there is no more inorganic people than them. The monotheist wants an unattainable project, peace of the world where the esoteric texts speak of peace within. That's why I say that this idiot, from the Christian to the Jew have never understood anything about esotericism. They don't get the Old and New Testament, they don't understand what is esoterically written in it. They don't get unity, they whom they awkwardly call God. In short, they don't understand anything, and destroy this world. Peace is an esoteric project. It's giving up the ego. Christ means death. Coffin, QRSW. Barry, QRS. The death of the ego and therefore of the intellect. The monotheists don't want this, invent historical fables. To awaken is to awaken internally. The monotheist, the Jew, the Christian seeks to pacify the world, because he is unable to find calm peace within himself. He does not find this calm, he therefore perpetually projects wars it on the outside, onto a political world. Through more intellect games, with more problem creations. And the more he seeks to pacify the world, through the West and its rays of action, the more he will destabilize this world. And I bet that the Third World War will be against monotheism. It was already more or less latent with the Second World War. And that it will be Asia against the Judeo-Christian thought. Asia that has no desire to succumb to this moribund Judeo-Christian ethic. And this Asia which is growing day by day. This foreshadows the outcome of the conflict. Christianism has destroyed everything in its path. Caste system, patriarchal system, family, tribes, paganism. But in destroying all this. It has left the whole world without support. Without the group, essential core to life. It has supplanted this by the egalitarian totalitarian model. The western family unit, the nuclear family has succumbed to the number of divorces, to its unrealistic nature. These Christian stories will end badly. By dint of pissing off all the tempers, it will create this third world war. Which if projected, will be gigantic in its magnitude much more than the two previous ones. This Christian ethic leads to that. To destruction. And creator of new products. When you look at the U.S. and its relationship and its concern about oil and its politics in the Middle East, 
Yeah. You think it's a distraction? You think that it... No, I'm not saying the Middle East is a distraction. I think trying to make a country out of Afghanistan is a distraction. There was no country for the last 30, 40 years. They've just been fighting each other since the last king was chased out. Right. How on earth are you going to put these little bits together? It's not possible. So therefore you do what? I'm not an expert, but in my simple mind, it strikes me that you yeah. won in Iraq, uh, you won in Afghanistan, not because you fought the Taliban, but because you got the Northern Alliance to fight them. Exactly. And you provided the Northern Alliance with intelligence and the capabilities to bomb them and target them. And they captured the South. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they've got governance problems over there, too. Yeah, that's all right. But that's their problem. Why do you want to make it your problem? But that's their problem. Why do you want to make it your problem? But that's their problem. Why do you want to make it your problem? So what would you do? Would you pull all the troops out and let whatever happens to Afghanistan happens to Afghanistan? It's not that threatening to the United States. Is that the argument? I don't know about that because I think it cannot be more difficult to, for the United States and to have your troops stuck there. The, the Russians are a brutal, ruthless so a lot of army people, right. 120,000 of them were there. But they had to leave. Yeah, and we helped that because we supported the Mujahideen. Yeah. The Mujahideen had a lot of support from around the world who yeah. wanted to see the Soviet Union take it. Yeah, but whether or not the Soviets helped them to get the Americans right. out, <laughs> I yeah. think the Americans and the NATO troops, the NATO members are very skeptical of the outcome even to the point of not wanting to send their troops in certain kinds of combat areas. Quite right. Yeah. Yes, of course, because you get shot for nothing. But those who argue that it, if Afghanistan is abandoned, first yeah. of all, the world will say, or people will say, look, you left Afghanistan once before, after the Soviets had left, and now you're leaving again. The United States has to stand for something, and it has to show that it's prepared to stay. Yeah, no. You don't buy that at all. The United States has to stand for something, and it has to show that it's prepared to stay. You don't buy that at all. The United States has to stand for something, and it has to show that it's prepared to stay. You don't buy that at all. You know, Rudyard you, I mean, you must have a wonderful conversation with your friend Henry Kissinger then. No, no. no oh, stop no. there, though. Where do you and Henry Kissinger differ on, an, uh, on a look, a view of the U.S. role in the world? I don't think we we are, there's any difference. Is there. that right? How would you define it then? I think the U.S. can be a benign stabilizer of the world order. A benign stabilizer? Yes. Without the U.S., East Asia would never have grown. You and brought peace and technology, trade and investments, and East Asia flourished. That's, well, that's clear. It's happened in East Asia. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about Singapore and North and South yeah, Korea, yeah, no, and absolutely. So, and if you're so not we can't, how do we do that in the Middle East? How do we do that when you've got the kind of conflict that's taking place? Yeah. You can't solve all the problems in the world. How do we do that in the Middle East? How do we do that when you've got the kind of conflict that's taking place? 
you, you can't solve all uh, the problems in the world. How do we do that in the Middle East? How do we do that when you've got the kind of conflict that's taking place? You, you can't solve uh, all the problems in the world. The West and the Westerner will pay dearly for his affront to nature. The Christian Jew is really the most vile thing there is. He's the actual figure of rebellion against nature. Beyond that, it's the domination of the intellect over the daily life of the people, a domination sold as a liberation. But Westerners don't know that, don't understand it, except that this liberation is the one on the matter, and that in the end, it means nothing. For you have really dominated nothing. You destroy yourselves, you know it, but you are too morbid to go back. It is thus a false domination that it is about. A domination of the demos, sold as progress and liberation. Except that the intellect is precisely what one must get rid of in order to reach awakening. And that the Christian Westerners have done nothing but favor it since they arrived. That the Westerners continue their work of destruction of the world. World which in its turn will destroy them. Apparently, it will take a new civilization to understand that. Is something that can only reach outwards. It has no way of reaching inwards. You can see with your eyes everything. But you cannot see with your eyes, your own eyes. In a mirror you can see, but those are not your eyes, that is only a reflection. Your intellect is capable of knowing everything that is outside, but you are behind the intellect. And intellect has no way to go back. I am reminded when Ford made his cars first, They had no reverse gear. The very idea did not happen. The reverse gear. So you had to come, even if you have gone few feet ahead of your house, and you have to come back to take something, you have to go around the whole city <laughs> to come back, and that was too tedious and stupid and wasting time. Then he added a reverse gear. But as far as intellect is concerned, God is not a fold. <laughs> it still has no reverse gear. It simply goes out. You can take it to farthest stars. There is no problem. 
but it cannot reach within you, which is so close. Albert Einstein, perhaps the greatest intelligent man who has explored the stars, died unhappy because he could not know about himself. His unhappiness was that what is the point of knowing the whole world, knowing all about electrons and protons and neutrons and far away galaxies and not knowing about yourself who you are. Just before dying he said, if I am born again, I would rather be a plumber than be a physicist, so that I can have time enough to look within myself. This physics has been too much involvement. You can know everything except yourself by intellect. And if you depend only on intellect, then you are going to deny your soul. That's what atheists go on doing. That's what communists go on doing. The reason simply is that they have made it a point that anything to be true has to be intellectually proved. And the intellect has no way to prove consciousness. Consciousness has to be discovered in a totally different way. Intellect is thinking and consciousness is discovered in a state of no thinking. So utter silence that not even a single thought moves as a disturbance. In that silence you discover your very being. And it is as vast as the sky. And to know it is really to know something worthwhile. Otherwise, all your knowledge is garbage. It may be useful, utilitarian, but it is not going to help you transform your being.
it cannot bring you to a fulfillment, to contentment, to enlightenment, to a point where you can say, I have come home. 